Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Food Biz Whiz. This is the final episode in season one. Don't worry, we roll right into season two next week, and I couldn't be more excited for this episode. I'm wrapping up season one with a show that's a little bit more personal. I figure we know each other well enough by now that I can talk about the behind the scenes of my own business and share some lessons that I've learned along the way, which will hopefully help you in your own business. I'm hoping that by sharing my three things that drastically changed my business this year, I'll inspire you to make some of these changes in your business and learn from my own mistakes. In today's episode, I'm telling you three things that I did this year in the past 365 days that allowed me to double my revenue, hire two employees, and take more vacation time than I ever have in the past. I want that for you as well, so I'm going to share my secrets in one moment. But before we do, I've got to ask you a favor. If you have found value in this podcast this season, will you please leave me a written review? Writing a review is the best thing that you can do for this podcast. It allows other food entrepreneurs to find it. It shows my potential sponsors that people are interested in my content. And frankly, it encourages me to keep going. I'd be so grateful if, as a celebration of making it a full podcasting season, you'd write me a review. Thank you so much for helping me out. Okay, let's roll the intro and we will dive right in. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. This episode is brought to you by Retail Ready, my online course for producers of packaged product who are looking to grow their wholesale accounts. Retail Ready is opening for enrollment very soon. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live coaching calls with me, and daily access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms. The first step to find out more about Retail Ready is to join my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business, which I'll link to here in today's show notes. That hour-long webinar is jam-packed with advice that you can use to kickstart your growth right now, plus information on Retail Ready, on my past clients, and how we can work together. Sign up via the link in my show notes, and I will see you there. All right, my whizzes, we are going deep on today's episode, and I'm going to get honest with you about the three things that I did in the past year that had a profound impact on my business. Now, before I lay them out, I know what you're going to say, that you're going to tell me that I don't make a packaged product, and I don't manage inventory, and I don't have the same struggles that you do in your business. And that's true. You are right. I'm a food business consultant and digital course creator, and my business model 
is very different than yours. But where we're the same is in the fact that we're both passionate about our products in the food and beverage industry. Yours might be a gluten-free snack bar, while my product is Retail Ready, my course for emerging CPG brands. And we both know what it's like to work for ourselves without the stability of a bi-weekly paycheck, health insurance, benefits, and someone else dictating our schedules. I live in San Francisco, one of the most expensive cities in the world. I've got to make money week in and week out, or I can't afford my rent. I don't have someone else paying my bills, and my husband also works in the food and beverage industry, so there's no secret partner funding my business behind the scenes. I get it. I mean, man, running your own business is hard. I started my consulting business five and a half years ago, and I still have moments every single week where I question a business choice that I've made. So all that being said, I want you to listen to this episode with an open mind, knowing that while we don't have the same business model, I do think these lessons are applicable to food and beverage founders. I'll challenge you with this. While you listen, instead of immediately thinking, that can't work for me and my business, try saying to yourself, how can that work for me and my business? Reframing the question will allow you to come at it with an open mind, which is what we all need when we run our own businesses, right? Okay, so here it is. The three things that I've done in the past year that have made all the difference for my business and therefore all the difference with my bank account, my mental health and well-being, and my relationships. I'll tell you what they are and then we'll go into detail in each one. So the first one, have my weekly and daily big three. These are non-negotiables for me. If you take nothing else away from this episode, it should be this, and I will get into details on the big three in a moment. The second thing that I did was hiring a business coach. I had a light bulb moment of realizing that what got me to year five in consulting wasn't going to get me to year 10 and that I needed outside help. I'll tell you all about this shortly. The third thing I did was figure out what only I can do and delegate out the rest. I know you guys are going to resist this one. I did too for a long time, and I've got some really great ideas on how you can move beyond this, beyond the idea that you're the only person who can do what you do in your business, or beyond the idea that you don't have enough money to pay for assistance. All right, let's get into each topic. And again, I ask that you have an open mind here and ask yourself, how can this work for my business? So that first one, have my weekly and daily top three tasks. Gosh, once I started getting in a rhythm with this, I was all in. I have my Retail Ready students do this exercise as well, and I see it impact their businesses week in and week out, so I know you're going to find value in it too. The idea of the weekly and the daily top three tasks is based off the idea that you can really only get three major things done each week or each day. I'm sure you guys have heard the phrase, work smarter, not harder. And I had two, but every time I heard it, I thought to myself, okay, but how? How do I work smarter? 
No one was telling me. And I really wanted to know the answer. I wanted to work smarter. It didn't click for me until I started following along, literally listening to a free podcast with a leadership coach named Michael Hyatt. I'll link to his podcast and his book in the show notes. And I heard a phrase that he repeats over and over again. It's not about getting more done. It's about getting the right things done. I'm going to say that again. It's not about getting more done in your weeks, your days, and your quarters. It's about focusing your efforts on the right things in your business, those things that actually make an impact and move the dial forward. Here's how this plays out in my own business. I sit down at the beginning of the quarter and list out my two to three big goals for the next three months. I keep them really simple, really straightforward, and measurable. Then each week as I make my plan and look at the days ahead, I write down my top three tasks that I'd like to accomplish that week, all which relate back to my big quarterly goals. It is crucial that these tasks relate to my big goals because then I'm assured that I'm working on the right things in my business. Do you follow what I'm saying here? So from there, each day as I wind down with my work, I write my top three things that I'm going to accomplish the next day, which again, support the three things that I'm focusing on doing in my business that week, which again, support my big goals for the quarter. I think as business owners, whether you're a producer of a packaged product or work in sales like my husband does or a service provider like me, it's so easy to think of our to-do lists as never-ending. It is never-ending. Owning my own business, I always have more that I can and should do. And here's where the real talk comes in. A year ago, I was feeling the first pains of burnout. I was constantly working, finding new business, pursuing leads, learning lessons, having great student and client success, and yet I always felt behind. There was always something more to do. There was always a project on the horizon that I never quite got to. I was exhausted, mostly mentally, and I had a hard time putting my work down at the end of the day. I would sit across from my husband at the dinner table, and he'd ask me a question, but my mind was wandering back to my work. I found it hard to turn off, and I'm betting you might feel like that too. I'm not going to say that the weekly and daily top three are going to solve all all of your business problems, but I will say that once I started employing these techniques, I found a new sense of accomplishment each day and each week. I was able to end the workday knowing that I had worked and accomplished the most important things in my business rather than respond to the inevitable fires that come up during the day. I finally felt in control of my time rather than feeling like I was always wishing for more. It was a total game changer for me. When you have your quarterly, weekly, and daily big three, you know exactly what is important for you to focus on. You become proactive in your business rather than reactive. 
I want that for you guys. I've seen how valuable it is in my own business, in the businesses of my Retail Ready students, and in my clients' businesses. Are you down to try it? I mean, we're just getting going with the fourth quarter of 2019, and I encourage you to try that top three for the rest of the year. If you do, let me know how it goes. Send me an email, shoot me a DM on Instagram, connect with me in our Food Biz Wiz Facebook group. I know the idea of the big three will be a game changer for your business, and I'm so eager for you to try it out. Okay, so let's move along to the next thing that completely changed the trajectory of my business in late 2018, and that was the idea of hiring a business coach. I already told you that I was feeling burnt out despite being very successful on paper, and I didn't quite know how to move past that feeling. I was, frankly, complaining about it to a friend of mine who owns multiple six-figure businesses, asking how she did it all and opening up to her about my constant to-do list, my feelings of burnout, and my uncertainty about where my business was going for the next five years. She offered me a few great nuggets of wisdom, but the main one was, what got you here won't get you there. Okay, what got you here won't get you there. What did she mean? Well, she meant that I had the skills, the entrepreneurial drive, and the tenacity to get five years into my business, to have 130 brands having taken retail ready, to have spoken at mid-level conferences, to have built a business that keeps my bank account just full enough, and to know that my consulting business works. I didn't, however, have the know-how the strategy to build my business beyond that. I could have taken her feedback and like been upset about it or not agreed with what she had pointed out. I mean, after all, I had built a successful business totally on my own, bootstrapping it, reading blogs, listening to podcasts, learning all the tech skills, connecting with other consultants, and on and on. I, when I look back, I'm so proud of how much I had learned. My clients loved working with me. I was making money. But when I truly listened to what she was saying, I knew she was right. I didn't know the next steps to take with my business to get it to the next level. The solution that she presented to me was joining her in a year-long business coaching program with her business coach, who specializes in helping digital course creators scale their programs. But here I was, one year ago in Q4 of 2018, not considering myself a digital course creator. Sure, I had had Retail Ready that had helped over 100 brands, and yes, it was online, but I had never defined myself as a digital course creator. I started Retail Ready three years ago when there weren't online courses in the food industry. I didn't know that digital courses were an emerging industry. I just knew that I had great product that helped brands, and I wanted to offer it to students all over the country at an accessible price point. Never did it occur to me to define myself as a digital course creator. 
I'll just pause here and say that in hindsight, this was incredibly obvious, but hey, like sometimes we're all a little bit blind in our own businesses, right? So I signed up for the year-long coaching program. You guys, this was terrifying to me. I was making a year-long commitment and paying more than my monthly rent in San Francisco every single month for an entire year to work with this business coach and learn how to better serve my retail-ready students. It was more money than I had ever invested in myself. I mean, 10 times more money than I had ever invested in myself. More money than I had spent on buying my car. And yet I knew it was what I had to do. Why? Because again, what got me to year five of my business was a completely different skill set than what was going to get me to year 10. I had to keep on growing and I had to acquire these skills somewhere, right? I got to tell you, making the leap to invest in myself when I was already doing well in my business was a huge mindset hurdle that I had to get over. So how'd it go? Well, it went better than I could ever imagine. If I had known how much I needed this, I would have signed up years ago. So I'm still in her coaching program, and I'm about to sign up for year two, and I cannot wait to continue to grow with her. On a more concrete level, she coached me through changing some things in Retail Ready. I completely overhauled the course, streamlining content and adding new resources for my students. I re-scripted and re-filmed all of the video content. I made new checklists and templates. I created new lessons for my students. I interviewed dozens of wholesale buyers, distributors, brokers, consultants, and brands in the industry, ensuring that my content was up-to-date and forward-thinking. I gave it a facelift and I rolled out a new version of Retail Ready. I had always been proud of the course and seen the results that it brought to brands, but now I really, really had something special. 2020 will bring year four of teaching Retail Ready. We'll hit 300 brands having taken the course and I have some big things planned for the future with it all as a result of investing in myself through business coaching. So that was the second thing that really, really played off for me this past year, realizing what got me here won't get me there and investing in my own business, despite being terrified of what that meant for me and despite already having a successful business. I wondered Would I have the time to fully take advantage of the coaching and the course? I was so busy. How was I going to squeeze it in? Would I have the money to pay for a year of expensive coaching? Would it work for me? Because my business is different than the other entrepreneurs in the program. The food industry is unique. How could she guarantee that it would work for my business? Would I regret signing up? Could she really teach me new things despite my already knowing my business inside and out? Well, the answer was a resounding yes. Gosh, I mean, I wish I had invested in business coaching sooner. And again, I want this for you guys. I want you to know that your business is going to grow exponentially when you invest in yourself, whatever that looks like. I know that Retail Ready does this for my students. 
If you've been listening to this podcast this season and found value in my episodes and have enjoyed my teaching style, you're going to love Retail Ready, where you actually get to ask me your follow-up questions, work through your specific business challenges, and connect with me on coaching calls. Just like I said I wish I had found my business coach years ago, my Retail Ready students say the same thing. They wish they had found me sooner. Retail Ready enrollment is opening again very soon, like very, very soon, and I would love to see you join us. I'm going to include information in my show notes on how you can take the first step towards finding out more and making this huge leap for your business this year. Okay, so now let's talk about the last thing that propelled my business forward this year, figuring out what only I can do and delegating out the rest. Like I said, I know some of you guys are going to resist this one, and I've got some really great ideas on how you can move beyond this, beyond the idea that you're the only person who can do what you do in your business, or the idea that you don't have any money to pay for assistance. So if you're listening to this, you might not have any employees, or perhaps you have a a few, or you're building a small but mighty team. One year ago, I had zero employees. It was just me, and I was really proud of that fact. I was so burnt out from managing employees at Byright that I was pretty convinced that I didn't want to manage anyone in my own business. But I've shifted on that idea this past year as I realized that I couldn't grow without support. So let's get back to this idea that was holding me back and the idea that might be holding you back as well. The incorrect notion that we're the only ones who can do what we do and that it's easier, faster, and less expensive just to do it all of all ourselves in our own businesses. Up until last year, I was proud of how much I bootstrapped my business. I had my hands in every single aspect of my work, from invoicing and accounting, to social media, to email campaigns, to client work, to web design, to creating graphics, to pitching to conferences, to managing my calendar, to paying my quarterly taxes. I mean, I did everything. Again, in hindsight, no wonder why I was feeling burnt out. So what changed? For me... I followed the advice that I gave my clients. I tracked everything that I did for two weeks down to the 15-minute increments. I mean, it was annoying, but I did it. I broke down the tasks into several big categories and listed them in order of importance. For me, from most important to least important, I had client work, content development, social media and marketing, financials, and scheduling and calendaring. I then tied a dollar amount to each task. I wanted to make it really clear which tasks were more valuable than others in my business, so I made my most important tasks, client work, at $300 an hour. I made my least important tasks, managing my calendar and scheduling appointments, at $20 an hour, and I tiered all of the other things in between. What I realized is that I was spending about half of my time every week doing the $20 an hour tasks. 
the phone call coordination, the email management, the invoicing, the bill paying, the website design, the setting up of email tagging, and on and on and on. The $20 an hour tasks were taking up over half of my work week, and it meant that I didn't have the time to take on more client work. The $300 an hour work because I had a full plate managing my invoicing and email. I could see clearly that I had a problem, but I didn't know what the solution was because I didn't think that I could afford to hire employees. Again, I went back to that trusted friend who put it this way. She said, Allie, would you pay $300 an hour for someone to manage your calendar? Or would you pay someone $300 an hour to create and send invoices? I mean, the answer was clearly no for me, but that's exactly what I was doing. If I valued my work, my most important work, at $300 an hour, every time I did a task that wasn't that, I was paying for it at a very high hourly rate. I dug in my heels and I pushed back on her. How could someone possibly manage my calendar when I had such an inconsistent schedule? How could I trust someone to act on my behalf when it came to very sensitive issues like following up on clients' late payments? My trusty friend pointed out that it was just a training challenge, but nothing that couldn't be communicated and passed along to a stellar assistant. I continued to argue, but how would I find this person? Would they have to come and sit next to me in my office? Would I have to tidy my home every day and let them put their lunch in my refrigerator? Would I have to pay for their health insurance? Would I have to get dressed up in normal clothes every day? I had so many questions that I wasn't really prepared to answer. And then the concept of a virtual assistant entered into my world. Again, not identifying as a digital course creator meant that I was really out of the loop on the tools and services that most other entrepreneurs use. The idea of a virtual assistant might not be new to you, but in case it is, let me explain what it is, what they do, and how I work with mine. A virtual assistant is just that. It's a real live person who works for you, but virtually, meaning they don't show up in your home office or in, you know, at your office or your home on a set schedule or ever, and they might even live out of state or out of the country. You work independ- you work together over email, phone calls or video conferencing, and they pretty much work independently of you once they're fully trained. Typically, virtual assistants, or VAs as they're called, handle multiple clients at a time, meaning that you can find a VA who works with you for just several hours a week, and you're not pressured to give them a full-time job because they're often supporting many clients at once. And here's the thing. They're good at it. They've chosen this career path, and typically their personalities and skill sets are suited for this multitasking role. It also means that you can start small with a low investment, hiring someone for a few hours a week for about $20 an hour, which means you can test the waters of how it works for you. 
I'm betting that you're going to ramp up pretty quickly once you see how great it is to hand off all those $20 an hour tasks so you can focus on the $300 an hour work. So now, again, you might be sitting here thinking that this is is exactly the type of thing that works for me because I don't have a packaged food business and that you're different, that you don't sell any services at $300 an hour. So this whole analogy doesn't work for you. No one is paying you $300 an hour for anything. But again, I'd ask you to change your mind here. What is the most important thing that you can be doing for your business? This might be working on strategy, creating aligned partnerships, doing sales to key accounts, hiring your right-hand man, showing up rested and ready for Expo West, getting on stage at at a pitch slam. All of those are your $300 an hour tasks that only you can do. What would your business look like if you could focus on the things that actually moved your business forward instead of the $20 an hour tasks like ingredient reordering, invoicing, social media posts, newsletter copy, customer service, packing up shipments, standing in line at the post office, responding to DMs, and little tasks like that. If you truly want to kick your business up a level, you need to work on the things that are the most important. But you can't do that unless you have the time to do so. By using a VA for a few hours a week, you can get that time back. You also get the mental space back. And I would put money on the fact that you will get your investment back faster than you ever imagined. I now have two VAs who work with me, one who supports my client work and retail-ready customer service, and the other one who supports this podcast. I'll use a podcast episode as an example of how we work together and the two key things that you should think about as you debate what your VA might take off your plate are this. So number one, the best tasks for a VA are repetitive tasks that happen over and over again in your business. Asking a VA to create a sign for a pop-up that you're doing as a one-time only event might not be the best use of your time, but asking your VA to follow up on aging invoices every single Friday might be just the thing that needs to be taken off your plate every week. My second tip for for remembering that your VA, excuse me, my second tip is remembering that your VA is only as good as the systems that you give them. If you don't take the time to create a standard operating procedure in your business for everything, how can you expect your VA to follow them? If you haven't created a strong brand, how can you expect your VA to manage your social media with a consistent brand voice? Remember that you still have to set the strategy and then your VA can execute. So back to my podcast podcast example. Once I decide who is going to be a guest for a future episode and I invite them on and they accept, I hand it off to my VA. 
She then coordinates the scheduling of the recording, slotting them into a few days that we've blocked off as recording dates in upcoming months on my calendar. She then communicates with the guest on all of the details that they need to know in order to have a successful episode with me. She sends them topics and questions that I have made up and ensures they're ready for recording. I then review the questions and their brainstorms, making sure that I'm ready for recording. And then, sure enough, I record the episode. Again, this is truly something that only I can do, right? From there, my VA gets the audio file and she sends it to another team member for production and audio editing. Meanwhile, my VA creates the show notes following the instructions and details that I've laid out from the episode, and she gets them uploaded to my website, my podcasting platforms, and my email list. Finally, she creates graphics using the templates that I created when I launched the podcast, and she drafts and schedules social media captions based off the copy that I send her after recording. She then sends the graphics and swipe file to the guest expert. I write them a thank you note, and we get the episode published. Whew. So now, that might sound like a lot of steps to get one podcast episode published, and it is. It takes about four to six hours of work per episode split between three people. But when we're working on the things that we're really good at, it comes together simply. I'm the only one who can do the scripting and recording. Erin is really great with calendaring, show notes, and scheduling social media for it. Lyndall is fantastic at audio editing and podcast production. We all stay in our zone of genius, focusing on the things that we are most talented at, and it comes together with ease. Frankly, it would be a waste of my time to do podcast editing, right? So you know if I you know that I if I still insisted that I was the only one who could do the podcast from start to finish in my business, I would have quit this show long ago when I was pulling my hair out trying to add in perfectly timed intros and outros. Okay, so that's working with VAs. I found mine as a referral through a friend, and that is my number one tip for finding one as well. There are dozens of really reputable VA platforms where you can hire one, such as Belay Systems or Hello Byron. I will link both in the show notes here. Or again, ask your own network. I fully believe that the key to finding success with a VA is having your own systems and training process in place and not necessarily where they come from, whether they come from a VA hiring platform, through a friend, or off Craigslist. So if you know me personally, you've probably witnessed my shift over this past year as I put these three key pieces into place. I'm showing off up more often and more engaged with my Retail Ready students. I've had the mental capacity to do many more speaking gigs at big conferences like Expo West. I have more time to spend with friends and family. I've taken more vacation, and I am much less stressed and distracted. Again, I want that all for you. I want you to be the type of business owner who feels like balance is 
possible and that working smarter, not harder is achievable. Again, let's review those three things that were game changers for me this year. Number one, have my weekly and daily big three. As I said, these are non-negotiables for me every day. I articulate three key things that I need to do every week in order to move my business forward, and that dictates what I do day in and day out throughout my week. Number two, secondly, I hired a business coach with a 12-month expensive commitment, and I was crazy scared. It was a huge investment, but it's completely transformative for me, and I'm signing up for year two next month. And lastly, the third thing, I figured out what only I can do, and I delegated out the rest to my VA team. I would love to see you guys try this one as well. So there you have it. I'm so curious, which tip resonated with you? Are you ready to start planning your days and weeks out so that you're working on the right things? Or are you ready to finally, finally invest in yourself and join me in Retail Ready? Or is the right next step for you hiring a VA to take more off your plate? Or maybe it's a combination of all three. Remember, I can't say this enough. I was so scared to take these big steps this past year. Money was tight. I didn't think that I could afford a business coach, let alone not one, but two assistants. And I was really on the verge of burnout and questioned how I could possibly have time to implement the work that a coach suggested. If you're feeling that way too, you're not alone. I get it. But the way to get out from the overwhelm is to work on these three things so you can focus on working smarter, not working harder. Finally, again, if you are feeling ready to join my program, Retail Ready, click through to the masterclass linked in my show notes. It will give you all of the information that you need to get going with my course. And hey, even if you don't decide to sign up, you'll still get an hour's worth of really great consulting advice from me. It will be worth your time, I promise. So that's it, my whizzes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me in season one of Food Biz Whiz. And I'll be back next week, jumping straight into season two. Again, if you have found value in season one of this podcast, please leave me a written review. That's the biggest thing that you can do to support my work here. And I thank you in advance for helping me out. As always, thank you for listening and stay busy. If you've been enjoying these episodes, imagine what it would be like to ask clarifying questions directly to me and have my assistants working through your strategy on these topics. Well, you can. My Retail Ready students have access to me live in our private online group and on our monthly coaching calls, and I'd love to see you in there as well. Retail Ready enrollment opens again really soon and kicks off with my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business. I have that linked here in the show notes, and I can't wait for you to join to learn more about me and how I work with clients, to find out whether Retail Ready is the right fit for you, and to learn my three steps to growing your packaged food biz. Come join me via the link in the show notes, and I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Whiz, the podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.